This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. I feel a little boogie coming on. What do you think? like that it means I've been a part of a lot of really great teams with great coaches and great teammates and, uh, I've had a lot of great support over the years so uh, hopefully we can keep winning never gets old I mean I wasn't really thinking about that it's just a milestone for me I never won nine games in the season before so I was just excited. I'm like oh we're nine and two hell yeah let's go you know he has 200 wins I haven't won 200 games my whole life, you know, so um, I'm just happy to be this milestone for me. I don't think I've ever been over 500, really, so uh, just happy to be in the position that we're in with a chance to play for something that matters. To another edition, another week of the Stretcher on here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Justin Sullivan working the boards. Another one bites the dust for the Patriots as they beat the New York Jets in a nail-biter down there at MetLife Stadium. 
One of those games, you just, uh, I don't know, you just had this feeling it was going to be that way, right? The Jets have kept it close every time they played the Patriots over the last, I don't know, five years. And, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting one. I, I, I thought maybe this would be the year, though. The Patriots would just kind of blow them away. I mean, the Jets have been pathetic, and Ryan Fitzpatrick has uh, basically been a, an extra uh, player on the other team with the way he's performed. Interception machine. Yeah, but he, he played a good game, and Jets hung in there. Some questionable calls, I think. But the uh, the Patriots come away victorious. And, of course, I made the wonderful mistake of not having Malcolm Mitchell in yeah. my fantasy football yeah. lineup. I sat him for uh, Will Fuller. <laughs> How'd that uh, work out? As if Notre Dame isn't disappointing <laughs> me enough this year, I decided to put Will Fuller in, who's been absolutely pathetic since September. He's been hurt, too, but he's yeah. been bad when he's played. and. I don't know what made me do that. I thought <laughs> since Chris Hogan was back, I figured Mitchell wouldn't play much of a role. But yeah. they utilize both these guys, and Mitchell's becoming uh, one of Brady's go-to guys here Mitchell in the last is, couple weeks. Mitchell is Tom Brady's dream. He's a big target, six one, six two. He's a route runner. Yes, and he's quick. Like what else could Brady ask for? That's Brady. That's what Brady wants. So in the on fourth and four, let's put Devlin in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Can I can I just get this off my chest? Go ahead. Not, I agree with you. Okay. That last drive, you you the game winning drive. Cool. You scored, you won. That play was nine plays. Seven out of those nine 83 yards. Seven out of those nine plays. James Devlin, the fullback, the blocking fullback, is lined up on the outside as a deep threat receiver. Can you tell me what does that do for you? Can you please explain to me, Josh McDaniels, why James Devlin, as your deep threat on the outside, helps? Why don't you just play with ten players? Why don't you just play with ten players? You'd be fine. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like I'm, I'm about ready to say, you know what? I'm going to be so happy when Josh McDaniels takes the Jaguars' job this year or something of that nature. Him and Steven Guskowski can go. Bye bye. I've had enough of both of you. Like yeah. go what away. What has happened to Guskowski? Like a mess. Like it's a mess. And, and I called. And, and look, I looked at my dad and I called. We're happy. You know, it's great the Patriots won. Yes, they need that win, win but Absolutely. a win's a win. But there are some, you know, red flags again, and uh, obviously are going to affect them going forward. Especially and that, Guskowski. And, and and the play calling is one of them. And this is around the time last year where the play calling started to get questionable, just as it is right now. And I'm completely with you. I mean, Mitchell's on fire. Why? Why is he not in there? Yeah, he was on there for two plays. You know. And then how about in the beginning of the game when it's clear that Brady's off? Yes. I mean, he he's he admitted it today on WEI. We'll play some of those clips later. They, you know, he was great on that, but uh, he, like, he was off. It was, it was a bad day for Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah, he got it done like a, like a legendary like quarterback do. yeah. does, but he was off, and it was clear to anyone. And I get it that this is a top-rushing defense they're facing, but, man, change it up a bit. Yes, change it up, give it an effort. And the thing I don't like and what really drives me nuts about Josh McDaniels is you, you set up in a shotgun with LeGarrette Blunt to your right and run a draw play with LeGarrette Blunt. I don't know if you've seen LeGarrette Blunt, but he's not exactly the quickest to the line. He's not exactly the fastest guy there. Yeah. So if you're going to run the football, why don't you bring in an extra tackle, put James Devlin, who you love so much, put him as your fullback, and run the ball. Yeah. I don't get it. I hate this. It's not Deion Lewis. You can not You can do a draw play with Deion Lewis because he's shifty, he's quick, he gets to the line. LeGarrette Blunt can't do that. I'm no. sorry, he can't. He can't catch the ball out of the backfield. He can't run draw plays. You have to line him up in an I formation and do old school football and run the ball. Okay, I hate this mixed direction. Let, let's catch him sleeping. We're going to catch him napping here. Like, no, you're not. You're, like, not. you're not. And it's too cute. Everything is too cute. If you're going to run the ball, please line it up and run it. And they should have done that. It, like you said, it was clear early. Brady didn't have it. He was clearly dealing with the injury. You know, it was hard It was hard for him. He missed about three or four throws, just mistimed him because of his knee. He just he, he over, he airmailed him. There were bad throws. So run the ball. Try to run the ball. At least attempt to. It's one thing if you run the ball and you get stuffed by the best defense, you know, the best running defense. That's fine. But at least attempt. You can't just sit there and say, we're not even going to try. We're, not, we're just, we're just going to stick with what we know. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm gonna, we're going to pass the ball, and that's it. Like, really? Figure it out. Like, you're the Patriots. Come on. Your own and thing then, is game and planning. You, you texted to me, you know, Gronk goes down and leaves yeah. the game, and the yeah. next play. End around. An end around with Bennett <laughs> where he gets hurt. Yes. So it's just there's a lot of question marks, and you know I, I get criticized on Twitter and Facebook. Oh God, yeah. God forbid you criticize the coaching <laughs> staff here of the Patriots. How can't dare call you, Bill? You can't, you can't, you can't do that. And Bill, we trust. 
yeah, that's fine. I think he's the greatest coach ever, but I'm still not going to sit there and not— like nothing's happened, yeah. I'm going to say what I see. Yeah. If you disagree with me, fine. But, I mean, at least back it up. Don't just, you know, sit there for the <laughs> sole sake. Billy Trust. Yeah, and Billy Trust. And Billy Trust. You know, like, <laughs> they're down 68 nothing. Oh, Belichick's the best coach ever. Yeah, I get it. But they're down 68 nothing. You have to, like, I'm trying to state the obvious here, and people don't want to hear it. They won't take off their red, white, and blue glasses. And they're going to have to right now because it's not – their stretch run, Ooh, we like to use that, is not going to be as easy as people think. No. Especially the way the defense played. I'm sorry. They're like, playing a scrappy Rams team. They played okay. Okay. Yeah. A scrappy Rams team. They've got the Denver Broncos. They've got the Jets again, who obviously are scrappy yes. and give them trouble. And and then the Miami Dolphins, who, who are, no one is giving any respect on, to we're talking about fire. right now. And they're on fire. Six in a row. And yeah, they just barely beat the San Francisco 49ers, but they still won. So if you're going to say, hey, the Patriots still won. Who cares what happens? Well, then yep. give the props to the Dolphins as well. This is, uh, you know, this is worrying me a bit. When you look at these injuries right now, you got Gronk, you get Bennett. We don't know if Brady's hurt. Uh, we have to factor in two later on. Allen Branch could be out for his suspension. Yes. By the way, I heard Lou Maloney ask this uh, early on the air and kind of question why would – the Patriots allow him to, and why would Alan Branch appeal his suspension when there's no possible way he's going to win? I mean, because he's caught red-handed and he's yeah. already been on, he's already been punished for this before. So this is like strike three for him. So it's a given he's going to get take the four games. Why not just take them now? Why is he not allowed to just say, "Hey, okay, we'll do that"? And second of all, okay, if he's appealing, when the heck is he appeal? <laughs> Yeah, hearing going to be. Is this going to be another deflategate situation? Well, it, it looks like forever? the NFL is going to really screw that. We'll go, let's wait until the second to last yeah. game. <laughs> and then, we're and then he's it. out two games in a regular season and then two possible playoff yeah. games. Drop a ball there, yeah. So, you know, that's something the Patriots might want to think about yeah. in the next, I don't know, few hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, say, hey, uh, you know what? If we're hey, going to lose this guy, can we go on? Suspe- bye. Yeah. Bye, Allen. Goodbye. He, he's done. Because, I mean, look at the guy. Yeah. Obviously, he's playing a huge role. He was yeah. awesome yesterday. Got a block kick. Let him take the suspension now because they're going to need him in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, as Christian and uh, Tom were saying, I mean, defense wins in the playoffs. I don't care how awesome the Patriots offense is. As as we've seen time in and time out again in Super Bowls, it's defense that wins. Yeah. So get that taken care of now. Uh, Around the NFL, though, man, there were some some unreal games, huh? the, The Thanksgiving games, I was glued to my chair. I was, oh, was watching, awesome. I was watching. It was, it was a great day was, of football. I was at my aunt's house, and I'm like, all right, I got to put, I got to find. Except that the last game was yeah, kind of, yeah, a, yeah. The, but I knew that was going to happen. But yeah. the middle game and the first game, I was like, all right, I got to figure out, I got to figure out a way to turn this TV on, keep it down low without them noticing or or yelling, and then I got to watch the game while having Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I figured out a way to do it, and it worked, and we ended up watching the game. But awesome, awesome, awesome weekend of football. And yeah, we, like you said, there's nothing better than Thanksgiving weekend Thursday. To Sunday, yeah, sports all weekend. And mixed long. in, you I, had college football, you I had, think I you spent, had NHL. I think the Bruins Friday, had Friday and Saturday. I spent all day in sweatpants watching sports. I didn't do yeah. anything. I was like Tom King. Me I didn't too. leave the house. I didn't move anywhere. Yeah, you know, it was awesome. And I mean, look at the uh, the Bruins too. Oh yeah, you yep. know they look down and out, and they come back with a. Where did that win come from yesterday? Where did that one come from? Jimmy Hayes. That's where that came from. Yeah, and Tuka Rask <laughs> and Chloe Julian. Yeah, no. But, I mean, I they, they looked down and out. They looked like they were on their way to go on a losing streak and a tailspin, and they go and they beat the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I, I'll tell you, I mean, if you're an NHL fan and you were coming into this season and you were looking at the two teams, would you have said Chloe Julian would be fired first or Gerard Gallant in yeah. Florida? <laughs> Claude. I didn't think Chloe was going to make it two weeks. It's unreal, man. It's it's crazy how he does it every year. No matter what, that lineup is set up to fail, and Julian still has him in playoff contention. I had him under two After Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I really thought he'd be gone like by now. I had him like three weeks. That was it. And that's not a knock on Chloe. No, that's just, I just thought that the, the yeah. ownership was going to pull the trigger yeah. and say, you know, I'm done. Cam Neal was going to pull the trigger yeah. as he's wanted I to mean, before and say, I'm done. and. I thought that was it, but but they can't now. No, no, they're playing they well. They can't now. They're playing well. You know, and they head down to uh, Philadelphia for a game with the Flyers. We'll have Sean Hutchin on later to kick off the final hour. But before we get to that next segment, we're going to talk to Coach Sean McDonald, yes. the UNH Wildcats. What a weekend they had! Pretty wow. good weekend. I was trying to go sixty-four to twenty-one I'm so over mad Lehigh. At, I'm so mad I didn't get to go. 
Everything plans fell through. I mean, I, I don't know if they win. saw them killing them like that. Uh, Where did those points come from? In a playoff game, too. Big win. Yeah, so they will get a uh, another shot at James Madison as they'll travel to James Madison for the second round uh, next week. We'll talk to Coach Mack about that. We're going to talk to Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports in the shutdown corner. Uh, we'll talk some Patriots with him. We'll kick it around the NFL. Do the same with Cole Wright of the NFL Network. Uh, we're going to talk to Chris Forsberg about the Boston Celtics, who, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I'm not surprised they lost to San Antonio, but they've been no. playing better overall as, as of they late. Gave yeah, they gave them a good game. Yeah, they gave them a good game, you know, so uh, they'll they'll be in Miami tonight to take on the Heat, so we'll get the latest on that from Chris Forsberg of ESPN Boston. As I said, Sean Hutchin of ESPN New Hampshire will talk some Bruins with us, and we will close things out as we do every Monday and Friday <laughs> With Gabriel Morenci, who, by the way, had a pretty good weekend really? uh, when it came to some of his picks. Yeah, I mean, you know, he lost some here and there, but uh, he was pretty good yesterday. Nice. You know, he had Tampa Bay like you. He had yeah. the Buccaneers. Man, how do the how do the Seahawks? <laughs> well, I guess because they're missing CJ Procise. Yeah, that's a big loss there, by the way. Um, but still, five points. Five points. <laughs> five. And then they scored what thirty-one on the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah, it's a pretty. Pretty big change there. Pretty big uh, spread. Yeah. So uh, they get upset, and the Buccaneers just keep rolling right. along. Get on the pirate ship. Get, get on, on the pirate ship. Because it's moving. It's going, yeah. and if you're not on, bye-bye. We're leaving without you. Yeah. You know what they say, right? How much does pirate corn cost? Nope. You don't know? You nope. never had it? Huh? Nope. A Buccaneer. Oh, there it is. There it is, <laughs> yeah. Grandfather joke. Had to do it. Had to do it. But uh, we will talk to Gabe about the uh, weekend that was with the NCAA football and the game. The game. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Ohio State beat Michigan. Speaking of Ohio State, yeah. you know, thoughts and prayers go Absolutely. out to the uh, the people affected by the uh, tragedy, the attack there today. Just, you know, see stories filtering in right now. Um, scary stuff. And I had a friend... Uh, my friend Sam from UMass, who is, works in the campus there now for Ohio State. So uh, glad she posted she's okay. I'm glad to see that. Uh, but thoughts and prayers to them. But, man, what a game that was, huh? Oh, God. That's that. I mean, what definition of what the game should be. Like, yeah. absolutely. And it means something. I have a, I have a buddy who's from Ohio. Yeah. And he's a big, you know, big Ohio State fan. And he said this is – before the game, he said this is going to be the first time that in, in a while that I've seen the game actually mean something for once. It actually means something – and someone's going to get bounced from the playoffs. And obviously the controversy at the end, was it a first down? Was it not a first down? Yep. I don't care. It was just a good game. It was a good game all around. And it's exactly what was I expected to happen. It a was close a great game. game. And, it, and it means something. And there were some other great college games. So we'll talk to Gabe about that in the final segment. Uh, but up next, we're going to talk some UNH football with head coach Sean McDonald. See how his Thanksgiving weekend was as well. And uh, they're a happy bunch headed to James Madison. They are still alive in the playoffs. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, And we got a great show in store. So stay with us here on ESPN New Hampshire, the stretch run. We'll be back. We'll shuffle through the city on a 4th of July. Had a firecracker waiting to blow. Breaking like a rapper who was making his way to the cities of Mexico. Lived in an apartment out on Avenue Way, out of town, a corner of town. Had myself a lover who was finer than gold, but I've been broken, I've been busted up since. Love don't play any games with me anymore like she did before. to go play Wisconsin and not Ohio State because Ohio State doesn't want to play another game. They just want to get to the college football playoff. We've got it all here on ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire. Three wide receivers to the right on second and goal. The handoff to cross again and spins into the end zone. And New Hampshire jumps on top first. First down, handoff, Crossing with a huge hole up the middle. Crossing tries to get a block on the outside. Inside the 20-yard line, to the 10, all the way for the touchdown. Back to 
throw. Reese, and he will take off for the ball. Inside the 10, touchdown. It is if the seas parted. Handoff crossing, leaps over the pile, and in. Last year, on this day, when we walked out of here, there was a really tough feeling in our stomach about the way the season ended. We felt we were a better football team than, than Goldgate. Uh, but that day, I'll give them credit, they played a lot better than us. And I told the guys, I, I didn't want to feel that way. I wanted to feel that if we lost something, we threw our best punches and we played our best game. And that was important to get out to a quick start and play the way we did today. And I'm really proud of the kids again. You know, uh, you know, two weeks ago, we're sitting in this room, and it didn't look really good. And then we get into the playoffs, and a lot of people don't think we're good enough to be in the playoffs. And then we go out and play the way we did. Now we got another chance, another duel coming. You know, we're just going to have to go play. And that's the great thing about, about this. You're going to win it on the field or lose it on the field. And welcome back to Stretch Run. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Justin Sullivan working the boards on a Monday. Nice, beautiful day out. A little chilly, but all sunny skies. And it's sunny skies in Durham today for sure after that blowout win, uh, as we said, over Lehigh by the UNH Wildcats football team. They take it 64-21 to to advance to the second round of their playoffs uh, where they will travel to James Madison and hope for a little revenge on an earlier loss there. Uh, of course, earlier in the season, uh, the Wildcats were playing James Madison, were trailing 42-12, ended up losing by only three points, 42-39 to in that game. So can they continue the comeback that just fell short in that game? We will see, and we're going to be talking to you uh, UNH Wildcats football head coach Sean McDonald very soon, we hope. And uh, while we await him, I want to uh, give a shout-out to our man Peter Yiannopoulos, who's up at TSN and RDS in Montreal in Canada. He just tweeted to us, Justin. He uh, was retweeting our guest list, and he said, Love that show, elite hosts and guests. So when he says hosts, he's including you in there too, my friend. There you go, buddy. You are elite now, Justin. At the young age of I'll, take, I'll take elite. It's pretty yeah, good. I you like are that. elite. An elite producer slash host. Not bad, buddy. Not bad. You might be, uh, you might be up for rookie of the year in uh, radio. Yeah, I was going to say, do I uh, take rookie of the year and MVP yeah. like Elliot's going to do here? Yeah, what's we, the deal? Who knows? We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to campaign for you. We'll have to hashtag that and get it trending on Twitter. Um, but while we await uh, Coach McDonald there, like we said, a great weekend in college football, a great weekend in pro football. Um, you know, I was looking at the playoff picture, speaking of playoffs, for the AFC, Justin, and I don't understand, and you might know here if you can answer this or not, but the uh, the Oakland Raiders came into this weekend, the Oakland Raiders came into week 12 uh, as the top seed in the AFC, they were tied with the Patriots record-wise, but they were the top seed. Yeah. They both win, and somehow now the Patriots are top seed. We'll have to get back to that because I know we got Ch- Coach McDonald, but see if you can find out why that flip flop. Yeah, that's a little interesting. It's a little yeah, weird. yeah, it got me all messed up because we were, I was going back and forth with somebody on Facebook, and I'm like, are you sure? But uh, sure enough, I'm looking at it. It is the Raiders right now, top seed. Uh, but speaking of playoffs, the UNH Wildcats, like we said, advance with a 64-21 to win. And on to talk about that right now is their head coach, Sean McDonald. Coach, I'm happy to be talking to you again this week. How you doing? Yeah, it's a real good thing, isn't it, Murph? It's great. I mean, in uh, 64 points, what, what happened here? Well, it's just, you know, it's a crazy game when momentum strikes. You know, and uh, a couple of things happened on, on Saturday that I think is real important. One, we created four turnovers. And two, we hit some home runs and we had some long plays. Um, I really was... Uh, impressed by the way we came out and got after him early. That was one of our goals to have a fast start. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got out to a 15 nothing start. And from that point on, I think all of us felt we were going to be playing downhill on them. Um, I thought Dalton, and, you know, the, first of all, the offensive line blocked for the run and pass road and did an unbelievable job protecting um, Adam Reese, gave us an opportunity to run and pass the football you know, and mix it to make it really good. So we ran it really well. And Dalton was on fire again. And then uh, Adam hit uh, Neil O'Connor for three passes, just really good throws and catches. And then defensively, you know, for the most part, we did a great job of keeping the ball inside in front of us. And um, I thought we attacked them. They had one long run, about a 41-yard run. Other than that, they didn't do much against us running the football. 
Um, it was a total team effort. I was just really pleased the way we came out and played. And, and Trevor and Bryant, too, had a, a heck of a game. I mean, him and Cross in uh, 100-yard rushing games. Uh, you mentioned the line there, but what were the running backs doing as well uh, to run so well behind that line? Well, they, made, they, 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 they saw the cuts, they made the cuts, and then the other thing that they did, which is you're right about, Murph, they, they broke tackles. You know, Dalton ran through some tackles. Trayvon mm-hmm. ran through some tackles. And then when they got a little bit of a step, they used their speed and, and, and increased them. So it was a combination of good blocking, good running, good vision, and then to getting away from it when they had the chance. Now, Neil O'Connor, you mentioned him. He had a heck of a game there. Seven catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. He also got the number one play on uh, SportsCenter in the top ten, so that's pretty cool. Um, talk to us about the type of receiver he is. Well, Neil, Neil's one of those guys, like I said today on the phone call for the CA. he doesn't look pretty, and he doesn't look like much, but he's a terrific athlete, very, very good all-around football player. He is deceptively fast. He's got very good hands. He'll catch the ball in a crowd. He knows how to run good patterns. He just keeps getting better, you know. And uh, the other thing he did the other day, which nobody's talking about, is just kidding him down in the locker room. Uh, you know, he, he threw for a two-point conversion again this year. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's just a really versatile kid, and uh, he's one of the kind of guys that UNH has made its living off of over the years, just being a great all-around football player who just plays right to the level of his abilities and a little bit more. That's great. Now, of course, you guys are going to have a rematch with James Madison. You talked about uh, your ability to get off to a great start in this past game this week. Uh, obviously, the last game you had against James Madison, you got off to a, a horrendous start, but you're able to come back. How key is, is that start going to be this week? Well, it's huge. You know, you, again, there's a couple things you can't do against this team. One, you can't turn the ball over because if you turn the ball over, it gives their offense opportunities to score again. And so we got to keep it in our hands. The second thing they think we got to do is that we've got to make sevens, not threes. You know, they're going to score points. You know, I mean, they're averaging 40-something points a game. You know, so when we got down near the first game, we came away with field goals and a couple times instead of coming away with touchdowns. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, not, that's not good against a really high-scoring team. And then the last thing, when we get an opportunity to get off the field against them, on the defensive side of the ball, we got to win some third downs. We got them into some third downs last last. Uh, last uh, game, and we just didn't get off the field against them. So, you know, got to stop the run, first of all, against them, then get off the field on third downs, and we'll be okay. Is that what you were doing when you were mounting that comeback that fell just short in that last game against them? Well, what happened in that last game against them, I think a couple things. When you're up, you know, uh, you know, 42 to 12, I think everybody goes to sleep a little bit on the other side of the ball. Right. And it's very difficult to go to sleep against a team that's got some weapons like we do. So we started moving the ball, started scoring, got them on their heels, made an onside kick recovery. Then we got three stops in the second half in three consecutive drives, you know. And, you know, they went into a cocoon a little bit on offense, didn't do some of the things they were doing. So it all melted together. But at the same time, we realized at that point that all of a sudden we were a pretty good team. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we knew we were a good team, but we realized – we're, we're a good team if we want to be. We can beat teams like JMU if we play the way we're capable of playing. So that's what happened. And um, I think that, you know, it's going to help us, the experience of doing that, of playing that thing. I think it will help us a little bit. Now we just got to find out if we'll have enough for next Saturday. Now at the QB position, uh, are we looking at Adam Reese or Trevor Knight this week? I've got to see how Trevor gets through practice this week. Right now he's still not 100%. You know, we'll see how he is on Tuesday and Wednesday. But, you know, again, my, 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 my statement will be the same. When, when Trevor's back to being 100% and can run full speed, he'll play quarterback. Until then, Adam Reese is going to be the quarterback. And obviously he gets better every week, but what has Adam been doing for you that's kind of stood out that's led to this success? Well, first of all, he's standing, standing pretty good in the pocket. He's making good decisions. And then when he's scrambling, a little bit different from Trevor, where Trevor will take off and run and make something happen with his feet. Uh, Adam has kept his head afloat and seen people and made made plays with his arm, finding people that are breaking off patterns, finding people that are doing great scramble mechanics, and he's been able to do it. You know, again, you know, I mean, if, if people had listened to me talk in August, how tough a decision it was, how close it was, you know, Trevor is a very good football player, and he's going to be a great, great player for us here. Adam is a very good football player, and unfortunately, Trevor did some things with his feet that were a little bit better, and that's why he played. But anytime Adam's gone in, you've seen it. He's made things happen. But this, as you're saying, as you just said, this is Trevor's job if he's 100%, despite the momentum of uh, that Reese has brought. Yeah, right now. Okay. 
All right. Well, uh, Coach, we wish you the best of luck. And, uh, you know, you got you almost came back on them there. It'll be nice to go down there and maybe get a little payback. Uh, I'm sure that the team is thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah. The, the, they want the, the great thing about second opportunities is that when you get these things, if you go out and do it, then you can say, I told you so. And if you lose and you tip your head and say, congratulations, guys, go look, you're better than us. All right. Well, listen, Coach, keep it going there, and we want to talk to you next week. So get us a win, all right? All right, Murph. Good talking to you. Sounds good. That's head coach Sean McDonald of UNH Wildcats. We'll send this one out to the Wildcats right now as they head down to James Madison trying to get a little payback and complete that comeback that almost was there when they lost 42-39 after trailing 42-12. Stay with us here. The stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire will be back, and we'll speak to Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports in the shutdown corner. Talk some Patriots and NFL. We'll be back. with Jimmy Murphy weekdays from three to six right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Stelchik with Elise Jolly from Merrimack High School. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your activities at school? I am a part of the Merrimack Volleyball Athletic. I'm on the swim team and the track and field team in the spring. I do student council. What would you say the swim, lacrosse, basketball, track and field have in common? Anything? <laughs> the team atmosphere experiences you have with each team within and the sport you find between the teams. What is it like to know that you're leaving your school, that you've been so involved in with your friends and all your activities, to know that you're going to be leaving that. Are you excited or are you nervous? Like, it's exciting to see what else the world has to offer and what else is out there. But at the same time, having to like leave your comfort zone and throwing yourself out there is a little nerve-wracking because you built so much and like I'm going to be different to like... Elise, where are you looking at going to school? Playing volleyball at the University of Delaware in New York, so I'm really excited to be down there. I'm looking at maybe to do something on like biology and the biological sciences and... And who would you say has influenced you the most in your academics? I would say that my siblings, I have best four older siblings and one of them, my brother James, has definitely led me to be who I am today. Um, and Tammy Lambro because she has been there for me for the past five years. That was Elise Jolly, Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month for October. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located at Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. This is the famous Budweiser beer, brewed with the choicest ingredients since 1876. 139 holidays strong, decking the halls in an eight-horse open sleigh, aged over beechwood for a crisp, smooth finish. Anyone can jingle all the way. Only Budweiser can macro all the way. Budweiser, this Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. Granite State Game Day, Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Everyone's clamoring now for them to trade the pick. The fact remains that you should have just listened to me at the trade deadline. I said then, trade the pick. If you can get the right move, trade the pick. Because you don't know, it could be get it could become more valuable, it could become less valuable. And I think because they didn't land in the top two, it became a little less valuable. Dragon Bender, who played 13 minutes a game in Israel, does not is not attractive to me. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. We've got it all here on ESPN New Hampshire. like that it means I've been a part of a lot of really great teams with great coaches and great teammates and I've had a lot of great support over the years so um, hopefully we can keep winning it never gets old and welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire Jimmy Murphy your host here Justin Sullivan working the boards and that was the voice of the new member of the 200-win club. Tom Brady gets his 200th win down at MetLife Stadium over the Jets yesterday. Continues to get knocked down a bit and get him right back up. And not much fanfare, though, around the nation or around the league compared to when Peyton Manning got his 200th win. And on to talk about Big that. surprise and, there. Yeah, and on to talk about that and all things NFL with us right now is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. The shutdown corner. Eric, uh, happy belated Thanksgiving, my friend. Yeah, and to you guys, too. I mean, we're all good as long as you don't get me to trash Peyton Manning. I can, I can take care of other people, but I am a big <laughs> Peyton fan. I, I, I do understand how there is a perception that, why didn't Brady get a little bit more attention yesterday for this, uh, this incredible mark? Yeah, I mean, and no, I'm not, I'm not up for trashing Peyton Manning either. I don't think it's about <laughs> that, but I want to... I, what's your take on that, though? Just that, you know, I mean, it was sort of like ho-hum. Yeah, he got a 200th win. Congratulations. Let's move on to the next guy. What would you take from that? Yeah, I mean, I think Peyton, you know, being the, the, the guy to reach that mark first and, and given that everybody kind of knew it was the farewell tour, you know, that, that kind of added to it a little bit. What made it strange, obviously, was the conditions that happened under him. He played terribly that day and, um, you know, was in the midst of kind of, oh, that's right. yeah. you know, Losing his job a little bit, so obviously that that whole thing made it a little bit more bizarre. But yeah, Peyton Manning has always been a little bit more front and center than Tom Brady has, and not that Tom's evasive with the media or anything like that. He just chose to put himself out there during his career more than Brady did with the commercials and the media appearances and stuff like that. So there was always a he was always a media favorite. I think that definitely played into it. With Brady, you know, obviously the, the the motto around Foxborough is to say as little as possible, and him and Belichick have done that to perfection. But he was on WEEI today, Eric, and he was he was re- probably I thought the most open I've ever heard him in, in an interview. And he does this interview weekly, and he is, as well as some other ones he does. But he was he was talking about uh, being tough and. Do we have that, Justin? Yeah, and just, uh, you know, playing through injuries, and he wasn't making any excuses for his play yesterday. So we're going to give this a listen. I just want to get your take afterwards. Here we go. 
Yeah, I had a couple great examples. You know, when I was in college, Brian Greasy was ahead of me, and uh, my last two my two years before I played, well, '97 we won the national championship, and he, you know, he was tough, and he got the wasn't a very big guy, six two, two ten, and you know, he got the crap knocked out of him, and you know, he just kept getting up, and I always, you know, I feel like when you take a big hit, you know, you should never. I mean, I'm, I never sit on the ground. I never want to ever let the defensive players know that if they, you know, it hurt or you felt it. You know, I always want to be get up faster than those guys, and then you know, kind of reevaluate it and get back to the huddle. But um, you know, and then obviously coming to the pros and watching Drew Bledsoe. I mean, Drew was like as tough as anybody. I remember he messed his thumb up really good uh, his first year, and. You know, I remember he played with a pin in his thumb at one point. I mean, he was he was tough. He stood in the pocket, made all the throws. You know, after he hurt himself in the Jet game that year, he went back on the field for another series when he was, you know, coughing up blood. So oh, that's right. He went back in. Yeah, yeah go back. He went back in. So you know, that was and his face mask was bent. I mean, he was stomping on his face mask to try to get it straight at that point. And then not only them, but you know, there's other. You know, a lot of veterans, you know, not just quarterbacks, but other guys that, you know, deal with the same stuff. And, you know, it's such a physical sport for, you know, all the other positions, too. Well, I'm in, you know, the, the linebacker. You kind of get the drift there, Eric. And, I mean, you don't think about it as much with Brady, I guess, because besides that one season that he missed completely when Castle took over, uh, he hasn't missed any games except for the suspension. So, um you, you kind of lose track of what he might be battling through. And I, I think it was pretty evident yesterday that he was battling something and he wasn't going to let it, you know, get in the way of getting the win. Yeah. I mean, and there've been other times obviously where he's been, you know, quote unquote, close to missing games. I think the, the Thanksgiving game on uh, 2010, he missed practice and there were other instances where there was some speculation, but this is the first time where, you know, he missed multiple practices and there was some sliver of doubt going in whether he'd be able to play and you know I still don't know the nature of the injury other than it was listed as his knee I assume it was related to the Cam Chancellor you know hit um that may have caused mm-hmm. swelling and stuff like that uh, you know maybe you guys know a little bit more about it but no. that, you know that's like you said it speaks to his toughness which is such a critical element to being a good quarterback and what Brady talked about too is sort of not showing how hurt you are and not making excuses I can remember his second season as a starter 2002 I mean down the stretch it didn't look like he could complete a 10-yard pass he had no juice on the ball yeah and he was out there barely able to complete the short stuff so you know that that I think set a tone early in his career and it's carried through to this day well you know the guys after that we didn't want to it was a long long clip so we don't listen to the whole thing but the the interviewers there uh, Jerry Callahan Kirk Minahan EI they then asked him they said well what if you are too hurt to play are you gonna are you gonna tell them that and of course he's like no I'm gonna play until they ripped me off the field. But now I'm wondering, it got me thinking, Eric, with the, the development of Garoppolo and how he performed before he got hurt uh, during that suspension, do you think the Patriots are more confident in maybe saying, all right, Tom, you do have to sit this one out, or you know, we don't want to take the chance that your injury could hurt you going further or hurt the team in this game? Did Garoppolo's performance maybe ease that decision a bit? Yeah, perhaps, and, and that's why you see them bringing Kobe Brissett on road games and getting him mentally prepared to be a backup just in case, God forbid, anything did happen to come mm-hmm. down the stretch. And he's really 39 years old, and even with a month off to start the year, uh, you know, an unpaid vacation, if you will, I mean, you have to think that a hit that he could play through five years ago may not be the same today. Now, obviously, we saw him yesterday delivering in the clutch, and <laughs> was it a vintage Brady game, not from the that standpoint, but from a clutch performance standpoint, sure. Yeah. It was right up there. I mean, it was good. So, yeah, I, I think there is an importance in terms of getting Brissett healthy again, knowing what you have in Garoppolo those first six quarters of the season, he looked really good, and then having another year under his belt after being drafted. So, you know, I just those things all kind of contribute to the comfort level they have, and, and Brady's toughness will carry him a long way. But you have to have a plan B and, and maybe even a plan C just in case. For sure. And speaking of toughness, man, you see that close-up of uh, Derek Carr's pinky get set back there. And that, 
on that play when he injured himself, and then he comes back in there and leads his team to victory. Look, we've all been looking at Derek Carr as a possible MVP candidate this season. We've all been impressed with the way he's played, but I don't know if everyone knew how tough he was, and he, he proved it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he immediately ran off the field, which is never a good sign, and I don't think that's, you know, I, I don't think you compare it with Brady like what he was talking about to say, you know, the car wasn't tough. Because he misses a series when Glowing comes in, gets killed himself. Car comes <laughs> running back on with, with a glove on. And after a misfire on a couple of throws, I mean, made some beautiful strikes down the stretch. The touchdown, the two-point conversion, you know, just, just inspired stuff. I think that will only help his MVP campaign. People will remember those moments against the team that was in the Super Bowl a year ago, whether they're having a good season or not. So, yeah, I mean, that pinky was mangled. You know, he's trying to jam it back in on the sideline. They're saying, no, 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 let's get some x-rays. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> and they got a break because uh, there wasn't a broken bone there. It was just a uh, kind of a jam, so to speak. So, yeah, it, it was uh, quite a memorable moment for the Raiders. Now, they're not a perfect team, but they are fun. And they're winning a lot of games. And all of a sudden, Patriots fans have to be kind of watching the standings and looking at the tiebreakers and yeah. trying to think, hey, this is, this is going to be very interesting down the stretch. Well, and you look at that, too, that game coming in. I, I, I think a lot of people kind of looked at that as a potential trap game for them. You know, and people have been waiting for Carolina to kind of wake up from this season-long slumber and for Cam Newton to – kind of come along, and it looked like, hey, this this was that game, all right, and you know, it was sort of almost like, all right, the Raiders lose this game, it's not the end of the world, and it's right. going to happen, but for them to come back, and for them to win it the way they did, with Carr's leadership, with his toughness, I think that, you know, forget about how the rest of the country looks at Carr right now, what about how his teammates look at him, you would think that even inspires more confidence in him. Absolutely, and they've got a head coach who's willing to take risks. And, and, and go for it on fourth down at the end of that Texas game and, and go for two at the end of the week one game yep. uh, to win it at New Orleans. So you've got a head coach and a quarterback who inspire incredible levels of confidence. And, and we always assume that Belichick and Brady probably lead the NFL every year in that unknown metric, right? I mean, everybody says that if you have Belichick and you have Brady, you have a chance. I'm not saying Jack Del Rio is the greatest head coach in the NFL, and I'm not saying Derek Carr is the best quarterback. But right now, with the way they're playing, with guts and with yep. determination, and the way Del Rio is calling games and letting his players go win it for him, uh, that makes for a dangerous team right there. And you're right. I think his teammates respond to that. They see, hey, this guy is gutting it out for us. He's out there. You know, he misses a few snaps, comes back, rubs a little dirt in it, and he's good to go. So that. That is a huge thing, I think, both internally and uh, for the rest of the league looking in. Yeah, but the road to the playoffs won't get any easier for them, and that's because uh, that AFC West, man, I mean, just when you think maybe that team that you predicted to watch out for down the second half, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe they were going to start to fade a bit. They go into Denver, and their defense puts on a clinic. Uh, were you surprised at that game, or, or could you see it coming from what you know of the Chiefs? Well, you know, I've been high on the Chiefs. I mean, heck, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl a year ago, which didn't look very good when they started out 1-5. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I respect Andy Reid as a coach. I know he gets, you know, made fun of for some of his game management decisions, and there were even a couple last night that, you know, not challenging the, the the one conversion there that looked like it may have been short and a couple other situations, et cetera. But, you know, maybe handling the clock, you know, not great down the stretch or, or – you know, could have could have been a, a bad uh, way to handle things down the stretch and over time there. But, you know, even with the limitations of Alex Smith, this is a dangerous team. They have Justin Houston back. They're going to get D. Ford back from injury. You know, Macklin will come back. Uh, Kelsey, Ware, Tyreek Hill, the breakout star last night. Uh, they're all matchup problems. And this is just a tough, tough team. And you can, you know, it, it's hard in the NFL to get outgained by 200-plus yards and win on the road. I mean, that's yeah. what they did last night. And I'm telling people, you know, it's not just the Raiders out there. The Broncos are good, but this, this Chiefs team is, is one you got to look out for. And these Chiefs got to play that Raiders team at home December 8th, uh, and then they play the Broncos on Christmas at home as well. Um, so that, that whole scenario is far from over there. Uh, but I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that they are a tough team. And they, they're one of those teams. We talked about Brady not getting enough you know, national love there. They don't get any love. And I, I think right now they seem to kind of thrive off that, Eric. Like they, 
They like flying under the radar, and they look at the Raiders getting all that credit right now. Obviously, the Broncos are going to get a lot of credit being the champs. Um, how much longer, though, if they continue to win, like if they go into Atlanta next week and get a win, are, are they going to be flying under the radar? Yeah, and, you know, I think people are starting to come on to them a little bit, but then they lose at home to the Buccaneers. Now, yeah. their first home loss in 10 games, but still, you know, it was it was games like that that in the past has always kind of given us reservations with them. And, and this is a weird Chiefs team. You know, they've gone from, you know, 2-14 and 14 to the playoffs and back to 2-14 and 14 in the playoffs. It's, just, it's been a, a crazy eight or nine years there. So I think that the lack of kind of, historical strength in the last decade or so has kind of made people think, ah, they're just okay, you know, um, or Alex Smith isn't that great, or, or Andy Reid is, you know, will make a decision during a game that, that costs the team a win. But you're right. I think if they keep piling up these kind of signature victories and keep getting healthier, yeah, they're, they're absolutely one that, uh, that I think people should be scared of. It will be interesting. And uh, did you enjoy the football on Thanksgiving uh, Thursday? I mean, I thought two out of those three games, the first two, they were a heck of a game. Uh, usually we don't see that competitiveness on, on a Thanksgiving. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, obviously, even the third game, I mean, the Colts had their chances. That's you know, the, the final score was a little That's right. I mean, yeah. the whole goal line stands by the Steelers. Was it this artful football? No. But I think by that point, people were starting to pass out a little bit. And, you know, they got <laughs> their field earlier with, you know, an incredible Cowboys-Redskins game. I think everybody's kind of secretly hoping we could see them face off again in the postseason. Yeah. You know, Kirk Cousins. I mean, people are still kind of slow on him, too. So, yeah, it, it's been uh, it's been an interesting week of football, and Thanksgiving didn't disappoint. For sure, my friend. Well, listen, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving yourself. And, uh, hey, I hope I hope Bailey's okay, too, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he had a little rough morning, a little, uh, little GI issue or something like that. Uh, but I'm glad we got that fixed. Uh, uh, and thanks for the shout-out. He appreciates it. Yeah, I'll, hey, my dog had so. the same thing. The guy, he was sneaking a little too much turkey. So uh, he's been in rough exactly. shape the past few days. You know? Thanks, man. appreciate it. All right, listen. Hey, tell Mitch Melnick we say hello, and uh, we'll have a good one, buddy. Good. We'll do that. Thank you. All right. That's Eric Edholm. He's going on with our friend Mitch Malnick on TSN 690 right after this. So we'll give a shout-out to him as well. And he does a great job over there at the Shutdown Corner on Yahoo Sports. Check it out. Some great NFL coverage and opinion there and insight. Uh, always a great read from Eric Edholm. In our next segment, it's going to be uh, just the uh, the Rookie of the Year candidate here behind Apparently the boards. Rookie of the Year candidate. And I yeah. did, I did, I'm looking at it now, my, uh, my picks. I did better than I thought. I thought I was. Yeah. I thought I had a bad week. I don't think I, you did. I think I had a couple. I sneaked a couple. All right. I well, I'm going to check won. out my picks. We'll discuss a little of our picks there. We'll talk some hockey as well. I know you want to get into that with the Bruins. Of course. Uh, gutsy, gutsy win by them. No Chara, and they uh, they take down the Tampa Bay Lightning yesterday. So we'll talk about that as well. And if you want to call us up, you can 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900. The stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. 